off the ball. And Munster are failing at that detail. It's not the big picture that's killing them. It's it's the minutia, the detail that's taking them apart. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. Now then, you're welcome along. Monday evenings off the ball. It is fair to say yesterday's game at Anfield delivered on the entertainment front. Liverpool prevailed. We will talk to Pat Nevin about that game and the rest of the weekend's action on the football show after nine. Monday Night Rugby, we have Jerry Thornley and Gordon Darcy on the way after eight o'clock. And then this hour, we have Eddie Brennan explaining to us uh, the magic of Ballyhale. They have won uh, five in a row in Kilkenny. They've won uh, 20 overall in Kilkenny, despite only being in existence 50 years. And also, why for him, TJ Reid is the greatest hurler of the modern era. So, Eddie Brennan on why TJ Reid is the GOAT. 53106. The text number, we're at off the ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy, hello to you. Hi, Joe. Richie McCormack, also the GOAT of uh, broadcasting, is with us as well. Hello. Uh, my empty award shelf says differently, Joe. So if he's the GOAT, how come he's qualified as the greatest of the modern era? Surely that would be the... Got me. Got, got, got me. Got me. Well, indeed. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. Just saying. Go, go all out. Eddie did the classic yesterday, which is tweet something in the heat of the moment. Which, <laughs> and then we get him on to which, which we jumped on. It. <laughs> so what he tweeted was this is after TJ Reid did his thing yesterday TJ Reid is the greatest herder since Italian 90 yeah not quite <laughs> TJ is the goat now it's time is up on this argument he's the greatest hurler with the greatest hurling brain and then to be fair so I mean we'll talk to him Christy Ring Laurie Maher the Rackards Jimmy Doyle etc <laughs> it's probably hard to you know yeah but it's probably time we started including the guys from these days in that conversation. I know, it. It's like there's this one era of about 20 years where all the greatest hurlers of all time happen because, no offence, like, I mean, there's been amazing, even that uh, documentary about there, like some of the the Christy Ring, McMackie stuff was brilliant to watch and all, but a lot of their reputation was based on rumour. You know, it was kind of like, you know, Jesus, I cycle 50 miles to see Ring play and all this and that's brilliant like what a beautiful part of history no, that is true. but it doesn't mean he was I know. better hurler than TJ Reid and was he good he was amazing he was the greatest <laughs> he was the greatest yeah I know was well, Brian, Brian, Brian Whelan the only player of the quote unquote modern era that got into the team of the millennium yeah. yeah yeah, which was a surprise I think if you think that DJ Carey was knocking around in his prime when that team was named um, yeah. so yeah it did, it did feel and I think people would have a question as to whether that was uh the team of the millennium was probably slightly biased Huge. towards uh, olden days, sure. but at the same time, like I mean, I, look, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm actually messing a little bit when I say so, so and so was better than so and so because you can only take the sport as what it was at the time, mm. and it's how good you were. And I don't know if anybody will ever pass the legend of Ring in terms of that, in terms yes. of the way people spoke about him, in terms that's, of the sense that he could go and win course. you a match on his own. Well, that's why, to be fair, we we reverted back to modern era with the. Eddie Brennan conversation. But I mean, to be fair, there are some serious operators in the modern era that he's now bypassing, not least Henry Shefflin. I, I would think of late the last couple of years, if you were to say, well, who's the greatest? The general consensus was nudging towards Henry or pretty much at Henry. I think so. I yeah. think so. I think the, the kind of the last few years of the career and it's how successful Cliff anywhere in that time. And if you think about it with Henry he might not have been the best in at any of the individual aspects of hurling but he was brilliant at it all mm. and it came together and he was just such a winner it's funny to, TJ is getting TJ's in that class I can't remember what year it is but there was it's Patrick Horgan Seamus Callan and Joe Canning 
and TJ all kind of started hurling senior into counting the same year, which is an amazing thing in itself. But you never had TJ as far and away out the the best of that group until quite recently, I think. And even last year, like I was at the All Ireland semi final. And in the same season where there were conversations as to whether TJ is passed or not, he put in a performance that I'm sitting there watching in awe and glad I'm seeing him, you know, even as a fan of the opposition. Yeah. We had this conversation about how I didn't enjoy it at the time, but I'm really glad I saw that. He is he is that exceptional. And I think I was just talking to Kieran Cuddy out there a few minutes ago talking about we have Eddie Brennan on the show and obviously Kieran's a good Kenny man. He was like, Geez, TJ was brilliant yesterday. I just kind of like got a, a his facial expression changed. You know, We're just talking about the love of this guy. Like what? Like and again, Eddie's Brennan's not a a Ballyhale man, and neither is Kieran Cuddy. But there's just something about even yeah. watching this guy in their county final and how good he is. And to be fair, so I, mean, I, can, I can see his face changing. It must be nice to go from talking about Liz Truss or the cost of living crisis to God. TJ Reid was very good though. You know, that would brighten you up. <laughs> it would, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eddie Brennan will make the argument anyway. He's um, played with and against quite a few of these guys. So for him, it's TJ. TJ is the GOAT. He's with us half past seven. Richie, you're in that rare grouping. You saw the Manchester United game live, in full, all 90 minutes. It wasn't on TV. Yeah. We had commentary yesterday. I mean, I've seen Ronaldo shaking his head in disgust at being substituted. Was it? Did he deserve to come off or was he uh, running out of steam or what, what went on there? You look at that chance that fell to Marcus Rashford and Vinnie Perth said it next to me on commentary yesterday. That falls to Cristiano Ronaldo in the 94th, 95th minute, whenever it was. That goes in. Uh, and I don't think there's there's much arguing that. Um, it's difficult to say whether or not he deserved to go off because United as a whole were really disjointed. And them being disjointed is not going to favour the type of game that he wants to play. And it's not going to create the type of chances that he can put away. So you can see the logic in that sense of taking him off, but there were other players around the pitch who you could probably pick on first before him and say, listen, your race is run. We're going to stick on Marcus for the last 20 minutes here and see how he can get on. Uh, Jaden Sancho would have been one of those in a fairly quiet game. Um, I, the, his, his reaction to being taken off was over the top, um, but there were enough reasons to say beforehand. Like you look at the chance that was ruled out, ruled out for offside, where he was just like a million years late in trying to get himself back onside, never mind play anybody else on. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know if he can do the full 90 minutes, but then again, he scores that chance that falls Rashford's way, so it's a catch-22. But the ultimate point for United is, like from back to front, like so disjointed yesterday. There's no fluidity to what they're trying to do. Mm. And I can kind of see what they're trying to do. And there's a lot of big money players in there who are underperforming. Like Casemiro, I thought yesterday, had a really poor game. Anthony had probably had his worst game since joining United. Ronaldo didn't have a great game. Everything's going through Fred and everything's going to Diogo Dalot, who are both honest enough pros, but are never going to win you several matches in a row. Um, and I'll make love the honest pros. Honest enough there. pros. <laughs> honest enough pros, yeah. <laughs> but like they're not they're not going to win you three, four matches in a row, and they're not going to put away a side who are as decent and as well organized as Newcastle. And that's the trap they fell into yesterday. You know when Ronaldo makes so is shake of the head, hanging the manager out to dry, yeah. causing division among supporters. These are not the behaviours of a great professional. He's talked about all the time as a great professional. Yeah. In certain respects, he is. In many respects, he's not a good professional. And that is but just... But he's been doing this all his life. life. All his life. Like, standing there, you know, that, that Real Madrid, you know, uh, anger as somebody else scores a goal from... A rebound from his penalties, one of the, you know, it's etched into my brain. Yeah. You know, uh, he's always been doing this, but I, I feel that he obviously offered something 
behind the scenes and he was never able to hide that side of him yeah. in public he was never able to do that but players and managers always forgave it and I don't know whether that was because he was the best player on the pitch or whether because actually his true personality when the cameras weren't there uh, showed that that was just something that was uncontrollable in him and actually he wasn't a bad influence I tend to think it's the former mm. You know, you're very, very forgiving of Cristiano Ronaldo doing whatever he wants because he was going to win you the game and the league and the Champions League and everything else uh, basically on his own. But, like, that kind of pouting. And we've seen it all year. And there's also that, like, there's the performative nonsense when he was on the bench as well, you know, that we saw a couple of examples of. He knows when the camera's on him. He knows when it's... Just, it's always the Cristiano show, isn't it? Like, totally. It's just constantly. And I, it's, it's such a terrible example. I mean, it's, he's been talked about, well, one of the reasons to bring him back into the fold is that he's just an amazing example for those around the club and they won't have dessert because he doesn't have dessert. <laughs> but he's such but a I, good example that he demanded the captaincy and, yeah. and to, demanded the guy who was struggling as the captain be stripped of it. I'm not agreeing with it. That's the man for you. Oh, of course you're not. But I'm saying it's like, what an example of unity that is. I know. And this is a dressing room prone to toxicity. And he's <laughs> yeah. giving it the oh, oh, manager's a disgrace. Who's with me? Who's against him? And the worst part is there are apologists for him in the media who will never criticise him no matter what. And on this instance, they'll say, you love to see it in a great place. Never likes to be taken off. <laughs> That's the worst part. There is that sort of being disappointed to be, sh- to be taken off sure. and, and tapping the manager and saying fair, fair enough, but being angry. And there's being angry at the manager. They're two different things. And, and just pulling it's the neck obvious muscle. which one it is. Just pulling the neck muscle to let everyone know that you're disgusted at being <laughs> taken off. Anyway, we'll talk to Pat Nevin about that on the way. Uh, lads, your man that cycled the 50 miles to watch Christy Ring was in his bare feet, had no saddle on his bike either, says the Walkinstown Beckenbauer. Walkinstown Beckenbauer? Yeah. It's been a while. He made, he made a return on Thursday, actually. Nathan, oh. Nathan was equally as excited as you, but uh, Where's he's he back been? in the game. Where have you been? Text in. Let us know, Walkinstown Beckenbauer, 53106. From memory, uh, a man who had a man shed and would text in from out there. Yeah. From memory. Maybe it's been renovated. Maybe. Nathan thought we lost him during COVID. It was a terrible thing to say on air. I would say, <laughs> I wouldn't say that on air. <laughs> okay, I don't know why I repeated it. I was so horrified by what Nathan had said. Events at Anfield. That was a great game. Sorry, you're talking to me. Yeah, it was one of the... Uh, I, there's something about a Sunday afternoon kickoff when it's the two big games meeting that just gets you all excited. But usually, it doesn't quite live in the memory. It's just there's, there's that feeling of the build-up. I think yesterday... All the way through. I was like, there was that 99 minutes and 45 seconds, I'm pretty sure, the final whistle went. But I was still just wanting more. Yeah. It was brilliant. It was just so exciting. And that's for good and bad reasons. It was for Liverpool's resurgence. It was for uh, the refereeing performance. It was for Jurgen Klopp getting sent off. It was for Salah being Salah again. The exact conversation we had in the show during the week about him being kind of like ousted to the sideline this year. He was so centrally involved all the way through the second half. It was cities and their Achilles heel. Yeah. Oh, it was just, wasn't it just so, so exciting. It was just the Premier League at its, be- at its best, you know. Yeah. It Will it mean really anything in the long run? Who knows? But at least we had yesterday. Potentially not. But it was amazingly entertaining and high quality and everything really that you want from a game. And what a goal to win it, Rich, as well. I mean, that roll and mm. first touch all in one moment. And then the whole stadium just on their feet. And he's burying down and go. You sort of knew he'd score that one after missing that. Well, he barely missed the first one. It was saved. But you sort of knew he was going to score that one. I think there was enough doubt from that first uh, miss in the first half, well, say, by Edgerson, it proved to be, uh, to to put enough doubt in the people's minds and the cop that were watching him bear down on goal there. But a great goal to win it. A fantastic um, 
people call it Route 1, but there's a certain vision involved in what people oh, yeah. like Allison do compared to the Gary Owens, the likes of Packy Bonner used to send up yeah. into the air. Um, whereby there's a, like there's a bit of thought behind it. A quick thought uh, it might be, but thought nonetheless. And quality um, of execution. I mean, and it quality was of execution. Yeah. The, the term was brilliant. But like again, there's a case building about City that they are gettable. Like, this is a team that Newcastle scored three goals against earlier on in the season. Newcastle were un, unlucky not to win that game. Mm. Um, United scored against them, albeit the game was done, but they did score three goals against them in one half of football, and that. Like it's mounting up that City do have when you press them in the right areas when you ask the right questions of them they are beatable, they're not invincible and you can keep their strikers quiet uh, namely Erling Haaland and I think Liverpool played a little bit of rope-a-dope to a degree yesterday and managed to keep them at bay and do enough to get over the line. Well it was an amazing atmosphere at Anfield and yeah. Gary Neville even remarked on it during commentary where he was making the point like there's an underdog quality to everything about today at Anfield the crowd are cheering every tackle header even if the ball goes out of play at certain points they're just cheering mm. which is not maybe there it wouldn't have been the same intensity in their oh, approach way more previous years than you would expect, yeah it was yeah. like FA Cup up against the big boys so we're going to really get it, remind, on, it on reminded board of the me team. Joe sorry it reminded me of those Liverpool games if you think back to like the noughties when they're, they weren't necessarily at their best so that our, that team that had a Neil Mellor goal beat Arsenal yeah. when Arsenal were going for the title and uh, the team that David and Gog would have scored winners yeah. against Manchester United for it was that kind of atmosphere that kind of performance from and it, it was, with, it way, was, with way better players well of course yeah because it, it was interesting Carragher said, made that exact point he must have said a few times afterwards I've played in so many of these games I mean that was kind of Jamie Carragher's career actually yeah. that kind of a game and he was one of the few who said beforehand Liverpool won't be beaten today just there'll be an energy in just the stadium. Just knows what Anfield's like yeah. on days like that, yeah. And he was right. And then even I thought like Van Dijk, who has been so lethargic for so much of the season and I think has really struggled for motivation. There was that moment where he slides full length across the ground to stop across. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is the first time his shorts are going to have to be washed. You know, <laughs> it's just like so out of keeping. Yeah. That desperation that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it, that's a different one than you're talking about when he intercepted the the... the it would have been a tapping goal and he just got there in time I think so this um, was a, like a low cross yeah, and he yeah. put it out for a corner but he, he slid in from nowhere he had a much better game and, and, you, and you, you think of him at Old Trafford when James Milner is saying what are you doing yeah. you're just standing there there was a desperation about them which yeah. made a colossal difference and obviously. it's so obvious to tell and I suppose the key for Liverpool will, will, will that come on over the you know the course of the year but to, to the point Richie's making about City being got at like I think that's what makes yesterday and so interesting because mm. for the rest of the season, that is what... I don't know if that's something... If if they're almost too good and challenged so uh, rarely that they're not <laughs> shoring it up and they're not fixing it. Because how many like in the second half alone, Salah was within 40 yards of space at least three times. There was a chance beforehand, which wasn't as good a chance at the end. It was a bit wider but he hit it wide. There was the goal, and then there was um, the time Nunes didn't put him through, which was obviously oh, yeah, a massive poor. mistake from Nunes, but Salah had nobody. But it, and it's like, that's Mo, Mo Salah. I know. And you've also played against him for your entire time as manager there, if you're Pep Guardiola. And you know what he can do. Yeah. So what are they going to do against guys they don't know as well? It's true. You it know, was, it wasn't um, like, oh, Danny Ings is up there on his own. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like... With all due respect well, to Danny don't, don't worry about it, Joe. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but like it's it's uh, there's just there's chances Newcastle definitely I thought uh, Richie makes a good point there because that was they were so got at in that game um, so look teams just need to learn from it and go at it and look some some of them are going to get beaten seven nil 
you know, and that's just the way it is. But uh, yeah, yeah oh, just again, I, I'm sort of still excited, even you know, more than 24 hours later, talking about it. Yeah, they are must-watch games. We'll uh, nudge our way towards the news round then. Uh, by way of detour, Paul in Cork has texted him to say, if the Walkinstown Beckenbauer is making a comeback, then I, Paul in Cork, will also send a message tonight. <laughs> Paul, we have no memory of you. <laughs> Jeez. Poor Paul. Sorry, Paul in Cork. It's a bit different from the Walkinstown Beckenbauer. I know a Paul in Cork. I wonder oh, who it. It's nothing Joe, against Joe. Paul's uh, messages. I'm sure they're incredibly interesting. Joe, it's not as memorable. That's the Sunday game gone. That's the Sunday <laughs> game gone for you. <laughs> oh, dear. Let's crack on then with the news round, which is, as ever, brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. Paul in Cork, text in, give us your, your hottest <laughs> take. Give us your hottest take this news round. We will absolutely read it out, whatever it is. Or your best bits from over the years. <laughs> what text did you send in over the years, Paul in Cork, that got us most excited? And uh, prove us wrong, prove us wrong. So, Richie, where are we starting? Uh, Leinster coach Stuart Lancaster is back Will Connors to return stronger than ever after his latest injury setback the flanker is now out for 12 weeks having required an operation on a bicep injury he sustained in the recent win over the Cell Sea Sharks that game was Connors' first start since January he had a knee injury then but Lancaster believes the Kildare man can have a strong second half of the season yeah I think Ro Ronan's probably um, different I think he's closer to it's not quite as Grave of you described, to be honest. Um, so he's, uh, um, you know, he's, he's going to get back. Uh, but Will's been particularly unlucky, really, um, you know, with the injury that he has. So that, um, you know, he takes one step forward and unfortunately he gets an injury and has to take one step back. But the good thing about Will is he's got an incredibly positive mindset and incredibly uh, optimistic. And the form he showed in the, in the pre-season and certainly in the start of the season means that once he gets over this bicep injury, he'll be back soon enough, you know, and he's got a long, um, you know, he's got the Christmas period and plus the whole of, what, five, six, six months at the second half of the season uh, to aim for, including, you know, the Six Nations and hopefully a World Cup squad to aim for. So it's still all ahead of both of them for sure. There's just so many injuries at the moment in rugby. I mean, maybe that's stating the obvious and it's always like that. It would be interesting to see a comparison with 10 years ago, but you take Leinster alone. So Kelleher now eight weeks with a hamstring and he had uh, missed the New Zealand tour and he came off against France as well in the Six Nations. So he's had lots of injury spells. Yeah. Harry Burns, similarly. Uh, Will Connors, who Stuart Lancaster is talking about there, 12 weeks. Uh, Hugo Keenan, injured. James Lowe, injured. Gibson Park, injured. Josh van der Fleer hurt his ankle Friday. James Ryan twisted his knee uh, awkwardly. That's just Leinster. That's just Leinster, yeah. 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 So Jordan it's, Larmer. Uh, Jordan Larmer, yeah. of course, yeah. I mean, it's um, brutal. Yeah, a lot of those players played with Ireland and again, I still uh, I never really found out why the summer tour schedule has moved from June to July. But just think about how long the rugby season is at the moment mm. and how many games are. It's incredible. Now, I don't know if that's anything to do with it. I feel really bad for Will Connors. I just feel like this guy's career has been so stop-start and every time we feel like we're getting some momentum with him or... You know, there's a, there, there was a time a couple of years ago when you're thinking, this guy, you know, we'd be looking at him in an Irish shirt for 10, 12 years. And you kind of get, not forgotten about the wrong word, but like oh, Josh van der Fleer has come in and so yeah, got, yeah. has had the best season of his life in the meantime. And it's like, God, will Connor's injured again? You know, it's, it's a different narrative, isn't it? Yeah. Connor and Dublin have been in touch. Ronaldo didn't take any of his chances against uh, Omnia during the week. So you can't say he would have taken the chances Fred and Rashford missed yesterday, which I guess is... Fair-ish. Uh, I had one goal in those two games. They had, I think, I think they had something like twenty-six shots 
on Thursday against Nicosia yeah like it was insane we were like watching it kind of like on air almost from a stats point of view thinking this has actually gone incredible now yeah. and obviously they scored in the 94th minute or whatever it was to win the game but United are clearly struggling in that regard it's um, and that's the reason Ronaldo's actually back in the team is because whatever they had found with uh, with Rashford Anthony and um, who else and, and Sancho is, uh, is, is not working anymore yeah yeah his finish against Everton was very good last week. I think it was in the strength of that that he kept his place. And Rashford had an illness as well. That was one of the reasons Ronaldo was starting. Probably would be more likely to take a chance than Fred or Rashford to give him his dues. And then Watkins 10, back in, Beckenbauer back in touch. I'm still alive and kicking. COVID wrecked my head, but I got through it. Loved the show. Neil, a.k.a. Watkins 10, Beckenbauer. Oh. This is getting very intimate. Neil. First name. Plot Tickens. Neil Beckenbauer. <laughs> yeah. Beckenbauer. So uh, there's cricket ongoing, Rich. Uh, disappointing yeah. day for Ireland, I think, is the... Really dis- was. Yeah. yeah. Captain Andy Balberni bitterly disappointed by Ireland's start to the T20 World Cup. Despite winning the toss in Hobart, Ireland puts Zimbabwe into bat first. They made 174 for the loss of seven wickets. Ireland's first four wickets then fell for just 22 runs in response, and they eventually lost by 31 runs. Next up, a must-win meeting with Scotland on Wednesday. The Scots upset the West Indies today, winning by 42 runs. Yeah, big disappointment, and they've had reasonable record in that regard over the last uh, couple of years, so we'll see how they progress from, from here on in. Michael and Kerry text in to say, did VAR look at the ball being kicked out of Alisson's hands after the Fabinho foul? What are the rules regarding hands on the ball, Michael and Kerry? Yeah, I don't think they got that far, because Klopp yeah. certainly afterwards in his post-match interview said, well, look, even if the Fabinho foul hadn't been given, then it was definitely a foul on Alisson. I suspect it probably would have been given. Alisson maybe had just enough of a hand on the ball, but only just about. I mean, it was in that marginal vicinity, I think. I can't remember what goalkeeper it was. Remember there was a whole thing in this a couple of years ago where a keeper, I think it was Arsenal keeper, can't quite remember, just had the hand on the ball, had it lifted, had it not, was it on the ground or was it not, are you in control of the ball? There was a whole thing, but ultimately the referees and VAR especially will always... Uh, you know, err on the side of protecting the keeper in that regard because you don't want to get a decision like that yeah, think you have wrong to for it. a goal. So I think I think I thought that was I thought the foul again was straightforward from Haaland. Yeah. So I didn't think it was ever going. Once you saw that in the first replay, you're like, this is going to be disallowed. So it's, I suppose it, I suppose for them and for us, it never really got as far as litigating the Allison thing. Yeah. No. Like there was, I think ultimately it was a free. There was a degree of Fabinho's falling backwards anyway, and you probably didn't even need to tug the jersey that much. You can't ignore a jersey being tugged like no. that, you know. It's well, just, it turns out you can if it's Mo Salah up the other end. I just don't <laughs> understand. Uh, like, there's let it flow, let it flow, whatever. Let it, for the, the, I understand the idea of like 50 50 challenges, people buying frees, let it move on, but it's gone to the fact that it's like, do you know what? I just don't feel like giving free a free for this, yeah. you know. It's so much more. The Salah thing was. Well, particularly because if you remember the TV angle was precisely the same one that the linesman had of Salah being dragged and it was just so obvious on that angle and the linesman had exactly the same viewpoint and he didn't seem to flag for it so I just I I genuinely wonder is he capable of doing his job because (laughs) what does he think is not a foul but again is it are they getting confusing directives as to like you know oh if it doesn't you know if if it's not it's not breaking somebody's leg it's not a free you know or or cynical or you know there's probably three or four different things that are defining a foul now but ultimately stopping somebody getting to the ball by you know fouling them (laughs) should be free if they are getting that directive then the Fabinho Haaland one isn't a free well that's true yeah because what's the but is there different rules for this ah, is what well, Guardiola was saying is there different I, rules for I think he has a point doesn't he 
So there's a, there's a, there seem if you watched the game yesterday, you would say there's a real air of let's really let this go. And I think it made for a better spectacle. It was more free flowing and certain fouls which should have been given were let go. So there's an air now, let it go. Although if it happens in, in the build up to a goal, then we're going to enforce the rules against Strictly. That's a weird logic to have at the moment. Because if, if Haaland yeah. does that in Fabinho, well, the referee didn't see it as free anyway, I suppose, in real time. But is, it, is it kind of cruel and unusual to have a sort of a random cracking of the whip for it? When, it is a bit uh, random. Certain times, yeah. Like, yeah, but I don't know is the truth because I think ultimately a goal has been scored. You have this mechanism to check it and what's a foul is clearly a foul. So yeah. it's like the rules of the game haven't changed. Pulling somebody's jersey back and pulling them to the ground is a free. Yeah. But our referees... You know, letting it flow is that in the rules of the game? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's like if, if any of them went to VAR, would you be actually able to not give them? Do you know what I mean? Sure. There's five or six incidents yesterday. It's, yeah, there were. It is. It's, I think it's too much. I, I I don't know how much it does let a game flow. It rises an atmosphere in a in a stadium for sure, which is exciting. Well, but there also is, dangerous. Do you know? Yeah, I was just going to say. Do you, I'm sure you notice because you're watching, and there are certain borderline tackles slash probably fouls. And they're let go. And they do, it just seems to be human nature. And in that kind of cauldron, when one is let go and the ball is bouncing, you just know the next one is going to push the line as well. And then that's let go. And there's this rising temperature. And you are waiting for somebody to completely lose the head and two foot someone and break a leg. And that that is maybe the biggest That's the fear I think a lot of people have. And look, there have been injuries this season that you feel have come out of unnecessary tackles that perhaps have not been, I don't know. Like Ben Chilwell, uh, not to bring everything back to Villa, and I certainly don't think there's any hard done by about yesterday, but Ben Chilwell should have been sent off for his foul on um, on uh, Ramsey yesterday. Like, I thought it was straightforward, but I, I honestly think that referees and VRs don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. I don't know if they actually... It just feels like these things were a lot more straightforward a couple of years ago than they are now. Mm. We have uh, boxing ongoing, Richie. The Irish doing pretty well. Yeah, two more Irish boxers securing quarterfinal places at the European Elite Women's Championships in Montenegro. Shannon Sweeney through to the 48kg quarterfinals at the uh, European Championships there in Bovda, while Caitlin Fryers picked up a majority decision win over Britain's Savannah Stubley today to advance to the light flyweight quarterfinals. And Kelly Harrington says the IABA's loss of Bernard Dunn is India's gain. The former Irish high-performance director has been appointed to a similar role in India. Dunn resigned from the IABA in May after a five-year tenure during which Harrington won an Olympic gold medal. We've really perfected the art of being a shop window for our best to uh, go on and get jobs further afield, Rich. It's, uh, it's good to see all these guys <laughs> spreading their <laughs> yeah. wings. And, and the done situation and uh, all that, no, showing no sign of resolution yeah. uh, either, really, at least in, in the public domain. So, yeah, it's ugly and you can't blame them for, for looking elsewhere, to be quite honest. You have some fallout from the game at Anfield yesterday? Yeah, Merseyside Police are working closely with both clubs as they investigate a number of incidents around the meeting of Liverpool and Manchester City yesterday. City boss Pep Guardiola had coins thrown at him from the stands while their team coach was attacked as it left the ground. There were offensive, there was offensive graffiti, pardon me, sprayed in the away section of Anfield and some City supporters sang derogatory chants about the Hillsborough disaster. Liverpool won the game by a second-half Mo Salah goal to nil to inflict the first defeat of the season upon City. However, Pep Guardiola was angry about the game regarding a Phil Foden goal that was ruled out by VAR. The referee spoke with my assistant coach, Rodo, and Jurgen said, OK, I'm not going to make faults until it will be clear, clear. And all that game was play on, 
and play on, and play on, and play on. Except the goal, because we scored after it's not play on. So this will happen. The referee can decide, I'm going to whistle all the actions, all the actions, all the actions. But he decided to do it, and after he did it. We didn't lose the game for that, because nobody knows what would happen. But it was a moment that we have in our momentum, and we control and score a goal, and uh, could not do it. And uh, and uh, and after we lost by a mistake, so we didn't fall the transition that we know every time Allison play quick and Kevin didn't follow and Joao lose the duel. Always is difficult against Salavia. Use perfectly the body. It was so good. And after that, the transition for Liverpool always is his key point. And this is the that what we have to learn for the future for our tight games. Like always have been against Liverpool in Champions League games. Always have been. But the way we play, the performance we came here with the make a build up and with the courage we play was was fantastic. Like lately it happened here. Mm-hmm. The FA Cup semi-finals and the Community Shield, we were so soft. They they shout, we have to shout more. They run, we have to run more. Otherwise in this stadium it's impossible that we handle it and we did it. And uh, and after football is football. It happened. Yeah, Guardiola there. It's interesting he says Kevin didn't follow De Bruyne. That's very much Pat Nevin's opinion on the goal as well, that De Bruyne every bit is at fault as uh, João Cancelo. So we'll talk to Pat after nine o'clock. Uh, final text in. Dermot Gallagher said, today said on Sky that it would have been a foul on Alisson if it had made it that far. So says the Monkstown Maradona. See? <laughs> if Paul and Cork was like the Cove Cruyff, we would remember him. But that's just... Uh, <laughs> It's all about marketing. Monkstown Maradona, thank you for the text. Although, really, watching, ref watch on Sky Sports News of a Monday. God, that show's terrible. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, there's got to be other ways to get Sue through Smith the morning. Sue Smith and Stephen Warnock. Got to be other ways. Ref watch. <laughs> um, and by the way, Dermot Gallagher says no, re- no decision is ever wrong. Does he? Oh, everything. Hang on, he's a friend of the show. You I know off. he is, I know back he is. But off. that's when he has his Dublin accent. When he's talking in his English accent, he defends every refereeing decision made in the Premier League. we got to go. Richie, thank you. Nice one, lads. Michael, thank you very much. Cheers, lads.